0: Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This is a recording of a teaching with TBA rabbinic resident, Jackie Honig.
1: If you just want to share, if you feel comfortable, if you want to share in the chat, your name, your pronouns, if you want, and something that makes you feel loved, um, whatever that is, um, whoever that is, what that feeling is. What brings out that feeling that makes you say, "Oh man, this feels like love"? Just gonna take um, like a minute or two, see if anyone else joins, get to know each other a little. Is your Karen is Paula your neighbor? <laughs> you gotta get her to bring the tequila, Karen. Around the corner, and
2: when I had root canal, she asked me, Was I away when I didn't show up for one of Rabbi Schatz's <laughs> things? And I said, No, I had Andrea. How are you doing? I said, I'm fine. Next thing I know, cookies and challah.
3: So nice. Yeah. Jackie did something very similar to me last year at one point, where I was happy. I don't even remember what was going. Oh, Bateniu got canceled. I do. Yeah, remember. I remember the first time. To- the first of three times that Bateniu got canceled, I was very sad because we were supposed to be in person. It was going to be this whole big thing, and I was really excited to see everybody again. And then it was the beginning of that huge surge uh, at the end of the fall, beginning of the winter and jackie came to my house with chocolates and it was so sweet uh just to be thought of in that moment it was very sweet That was that
1: was that was a time was a time okay i'm going to um i'm going to keep going but if anyone has any other thoughts on this you can drop them in the chat um and if more people join they can do that um so welcome. We tonight are going to talk about self-love and self-compassion as we go through this really tough work of Cheshbon HaNafesh, of doing Shuva and figuring out where we've gone wrong. Um, Today we're going to talk about how do we remain kind to ourselves as we do this. Um, This year has been really, I can speak for myself, this year has been really hard for me and I think for many people. And it's easy for me and for others to look back and look at all the ways we've messed up and look at all of the things. Um, for me this year, I was like, at, I was at camp for five weeks and a bunch of kids were learning to play ukulele. And I was like, oh man, if I'd picked it up at the beginning of COVID, like I said, I would, I'd be so good at the ukulele right now. And so I think we're all kind of having these moments of in this year in particular. And so how, as we do this hard work, um, how do we, how do we be kind to ourselves at the same time? So if Rabbi Schatz, if you want to hit the slide, we're going to look at how is this a Jewish value. I've got two different sources for us. So we're going to start with Yoma 83a. If there's someone who wants to read in English, I think everyone, myself included, will appreciate not hearing just my voice for an hour. And this one is English. So if someone wants to read, that would be awesome.
4: Okay, I'll volunteer.
1: Go, Go, Paula, Go.
4: Where do we see this as a Jewish value? Yoma 83A. It was taught in the Mishnah if a person is ill, hold on. If a person is ill and requires food due to potential danger, one feeds him according to the advice of medical experts. Rabbi Yanai said if an ill person says he needs to eat and a doctor says he needs not to eat, One listens to the ill person. What is the reason for this halacha? It is because the verse states, the heart knows the bitterness of its soul, Proverbs 14.10, meaning an ill person knows the intensity of their pain and weakness, and doctors cannot say otherwise. The Gemara asks, is it obvious that a person knows themselves better than anyone else does? Why does this need to be stated explicitly? The Gemara answers it is lest you say that the doctor is more certain because she has had more experience with this condition. Therefore, the verse teaches us that even so, it is the ill person who knows their own suffering better than anyone else. Thanks,
1: Paula. This comes out of Yoma, so it's talking specifically here about fasting on Yom Kippur. I would say it applies to other things in our lives. Um, what do you all think of that? How does that feel? Where is that sitting? What do you think, Nancy?
5: I think it's beautiful. I think it's absolutely beautiful. I mean, it, even if it's about other sources in time I mean it's true it's like a doctor doesn't know exactly how you feel they have a lot of experience they may have worked with lots of people who have whatever this illness is but they can't tell you what feels on the inside and so I've never read this before and I think it's beautiful
0: Denise um, so my first reaction is, was I was confused by it I didn't know that it was about Yom Kippur Um, And I actually, I used to love fasting. And then for several years, I couldn't do it at all. Just for medical, stomach, blood sugar, all kinds of stuff, issues. Um, And a lot of my friends were like, oh, you should ask a rabbi. And, you know, maybe you could have like half a raisin every two hours or something. And I was like, it's not happening like that, you know. And I really felt like. I don't care what any rabbi says because they're not going to take the hit and they're not going to be like half comatosed or heaving and shul or all kinds of horrible things. So I don't care. I'm eating and that's it. So this makes me feel very like grateful and relieved. Um, And they just, the confusion was, does this, um, do we apply it this way with all illness situations? Um, in other in other Bethan things, we've been thinking a lot about mental illness. So this makes me think about addiction and not only mental illness addictions, but like, like I had an uh, an uncle who was addicted to food and he was diabetic and he needed surgery. And they basically put him in the hospital in order for him to become healthy enough for surgery that he needed for his life. And he was like paying the staff to go bring him cakes and things. Um, so like, where does that, where does that fit? Like he's sick and he thinks he knows what he needs, but it's really the sickness that's craving that extra sugar. And so like, it becomes really tangly.
1: So it's really interesting. So I didn't bring the second half of this Kumar. So I'm going to quote it wrong, but it's it, it's like literally the next section offers the opposite of what if the person says they don't need to eat, but the doctor says they do need to eat. The answer is you feed him according to the doctor because the illness has taken over, and clearly he like clearly he doesn't know what's best for him. Um, I would encourage you to seek that out. You can find it on Safari. I can, we can send the link. If I remember when we're doing some writing prompts, I will find it and send it to you. And that immediately follows the, the flip side of the question. I also think it was interesting. You were talking about validation and it feels really validating. And if I was hearing you write it, here's validating that like, it feels validating that you did the thing and it turns out the Gemara is telling you to do the thing that you did. And also there's, I hope that there's some validation of like, that you listen to your own body and you listen to what your body needed and you did the right thing for yourself. And both of those things are important. Anyone else before I move on? Oh, Karen.
2: Um, I think some place or many places it says saving a life, health, all of that is, like, a must. And I'm diabetic, and so on Yom Kippur, I bring food that I'm not crazy about. Like, I mean, the bear, you know, like a hard-boiled egg, peanut butter on a crusty old piece of bread, you know, something like that, and maybe some water. So I don't know if that... Relates to this, but
1: yeah, it goes back to again to listening to yourself and what is your body telling you. Something I also love about Yom Kippur uh, that I don't have the halakha on me, but the halakha is so strong about eating on on Yom Kippur that you eat on Yom Kippur and you bench. And if I remember correctly, you say Ya Levi Avo in honor of the day that there's actually a piece. Like if you're already saying Birkat Hamazon, then you're adding in a piece for the day because like. For some people, their fast is their, is their avodah, is their service. For you and for people who need to eat, your eating is your service of God. And so they include that in the Birkhat Amazon, which I also think is really cool. We're going to bring one more example that, this one was really interesting. I was looking for pieces and I was... Prepping for another class on the Parsha. And I found this as a commentary on this week's Parsha, which I still don't understand how it was connected. But it was the piece of text that I needed for tonight. So it was completely perfect. It's from Akidat Yitzhak, who is a scholar in... I wrote down the name of the city. It was in Salonika in in the Middle Ages, so a Spanish Spanish scholar in the Middle Ages in this beautiful, incredible city where there was all of this flow of ideas, and it was, if I remember correctly, it was on the coast, and there were lots of Jews, and so there was just this incredible free-flowing, lots of writing comes out of there. And so if somebody wants to read the first paragraph, um, if someone else wants to volunteer, if not, I will call on Paula again for her beautiful, for her beautiful job, Paula could go again, or someone could save Paula from being voluntold. Go for it, Nancy. I'll back her up.
5: We read in Leviticus 19.18, Love your fellow man like yourself. This teaches that all love is measured against the yardstick of self-love. Time is measured in terms of the revolution of the earth around its own axis. A complete revolution equals a day. All other measurements of time are fractions of a day. Similarly, Love for one's fellow man is measured by how nearly it equals the love one feels
1: for oneself. I've never heard anything like this before in my life. I thought it was incredible. I read this and I was like, "Whoa." To think of love of others as this portion that the uh, that the prime of what is what is the definition by which we have all other love is by the love of ourselves. For me, that was really, for me, that was really powerful. I don't know if anyone had other thoughts, direct them as interesting, surprising, exciting, cool, different, terrible. You can have negative emotions too. You don't have to like the same things. Oh, Karen, go for it.
2: Well, yes, I think this is true. about feeling love and being uh, happy with oneself, let's say. Not in a egotistical way or whatever, uh, but narcissists love themselves and don't necessarily feel that way towards others that don't serve them. So I'm just throwing that in. Uh, you know what I mean? Just because that's what I do for a living—is about these things. But um, but I do believe if you feel uh, if you can talk, if you have that experience in you of loving yourself and and you know I think you know what it's like to love another.
1: Do you want to not to totally put you on the spot, Karen? But do you want to read the next paragraph because I think that transitions it really well?
2: Certainly. Perfect love, i.e. love which does not require an object or a person to requite it, is the love which existed between Jonathan and David. We have numerous examples proving that their love exceeded the love of self. And that's exactly okay. I got that now. And that they were prepared to lose their lives rather than to have the quality of their relationship questioned. Samuel 1, chapter 18. So you put that there for me.
1: I knew what was coming and I put it there just
2: for you, Karen. All right. That's that's it. You win. You win. No, that's true. That's very true.
1: So I brought this, it it goes together. It one immediately follows the other. There was no splicing or editing. This is his full through thought um i did i did put the paragraph break because i wanted to read it in two pieces but this is the through line is that is that love of self is this whole and complete love by which we measure and also there is this love beyond that and there is something in this friendship in this concept of friendship and in this relationship between Jonathan and David that is something beyond this self love i want to move, I think, into the activity portion of our evening, unless anyone has any final thoughts on the text study. Great. So That's
4: if... I have question. Yeah. Um, so when you go back to that first Yoma slide, and the the thing from the Proverbs, the heart knows the bitterness of its soul, and then... And from that, we know we listen to the ill person like that's why we're listening if when it's a conflict between the doctor and the patient you know the the patient it's listen to the patient which is how contemporary medicine is today right patient-driven medicine but i I, i'm just like trying to understand the connection a little better i don't i don't know why it doesn't flow naturally for me
1: Because Gemara doesn't flow naturally. That's just sort of how... So often what happens is is that the Gemara will bring a Mishnah, and then it attempts to prove it. Even though it takes Mishnah as fact, it's then going to try to hang that Mishnah on something. At best, it will do it on Torah. And then if it can't do it on Torah it will do it on something from either Nevi'im or Ketuvim from either the prophets or the writings. And so you know when they're getting there they're like stretching it a little bit they're trying to find proof for this thing that they believe sometimes other time it, it is structured differently in different ways uh, but sometimes grammar just sort of hooks things. And so this is this is really what it's trying to I was reading it in Hebrew for one second. Um, It translates it really well here. So, yeah, it's a little bit of a jump, and sometimes Gemara just asks you to take that leap with it. That is sort of the study of Gemara, unless someone would also like to disagree with me on that, which I'm very open to. Were you raising your hand to disagree with me, Rabbi Shatz? No,
3: I actually was, I had to respond to something, so I didn't hear Paula's full comment. Um, So, no, I was not. I was was multitasking is what I was doing. Um, But if you want to summarize it, I'm happy to disagree
1: if if that would be helpful. She just, she was just, she... I'll summarize just to make sure I heard you right, that it seems like a bit of a jump, like, how did we go from the heart knows the bitterness of its soul? And like, from that, how do we derive this that we listen to the person and not the doctor? Is that what you were asking, Paula? And I said, like, Gamar just sometimes does that, that it's going to take this mission, and it's looking for proof. And it tries to hang it on Torah if it can, and if not, it'll move into Nath, and it's trying to hang it on a verse from Scripture.
3: Yeah, I don't disagree with that. I would just add to it that um much to what we were talking about this morning, right, that that the thing, the pieces that are being brought in in Gemara are there to be proof text. So the fact that that the rabbi decided to use this piece from Proverbs doesn't necessarily mean that that's what this Proverbs text meant. Um it also shows, I think that that what it says, the heart knows the bitterness of its soul, meaning like you yourself know yourself the best. And so even somebody else who might know bodies better than you, right, or or health better than you, that ultimately you are the person who knows you better than anybody else. And so you need to be aware of, what brings you joy what in this case would make you feel uncomfortable or potentially ill um and that that's that's where you should that's where you should listen to you and not to people who who would otherwise know health better than you
1: that's what i think is going on here good Great. Okay. We're going to move on. So if everybody, so the the part I didn't prep anyone for, so surprise, um, if you have paper and pen near you, or you want to open like a word document, we're going to do an activity in two parts. Um, so we're going to start with thinking about a friend. Um, so we're going to take a minute and you don't necessarily have to write it down. Um, you could just think about it. The hope is you'll write it and do some journaling, but if that's not your thing, that's totally fine. Um, so I want you to think about when a friend, how do you respond when a close friend feels really bad about themselves or is really struggling in some way? I also realized that I did take these from somewhere else, and I didn't update it as well as I should have. So apologized for the apologize, apologies for the gendering here. Yeah, did you have a question about the activity, Karen? Okay, let me get through this really fast. I can give people a minute or two to write and then I'll come back to you if that's okay. All right. So how would you respond to your friend in this situation, particularly when you're at your best? Like what's the ideal that you do in this situation? Um, And then write down what you say, what you would do, what you would say, and then note the tone in which you would typically talk to to somebody else about it. And also if you're done writing or thinking, feel free to enjoy one of my favorite artists. She's real cute. Are you responding to this prompt, Karen, or do you have a question? Okay, I'm gonna hold off. I just want to get let people write a little bit.
4: No. Okay,
1: Karen is Karen is chomping at the bit to respond to the group to this. So go I for it, Karen.
2: I don't have to be first. It's okay. Um, but what I do is mostly just listen. Great.
4: So listening.
2: listen. Well, listen. Uh, say words like I hear you, I understand, blah blah like that. And then sometimes I'll ask, "What do you need from me? Do you want me just to listen? Do you want feedback? What What do you want from me?" And then somehow we would go around to, "You're really terrific." So I don't know why the hell you're thinking that. No, I, but I mean not like that. But you know. Do, okay, I get, I hear that's where you are, but just know that others don't think that about you or something. So it's kind of a process like that. Awesome.
1: Actually, I'm going to ask our shots to move to the next slide. We're going to do a little more writing. So thinking about yourself. So think about times when you feel bad about yourself or you're struggling. How do you respond to yourself? What do you do? Write down, take a chance, write down, what do you do? What do you say? What's the tone in which you talk to yourself? What's the language you use? Um, Sort of what do you do about it? And for this one, I'm actually not going to ask for responses. I'm going to ask you just to write it or think about it for yourself. And then the next slide will be some prompts for discussion. But this one's a little more. A little more personal and I don't want to put anyone put anyone on the spot or on the podcast. So take like a minute or a minute and a half and just think on this one. And you can also enjoy another lovely little comic when you're when you're done. Because we could all use more cute animals in our lives.
4: Take like 10 or 15 more seconds. Wrap up the sentence you're on we're gonna to move to the next slide maybe oh nope too far there we go oh
1: Aha. thanks um so the top two is going to be kind of questions that I kind of want to sit with for a minute and think about and we can talk about um what is the difference what's the difference where did you see differences between the way you talk to others and the way you talk to yourself um, and then what factors or fears come into play that lead you to treat yourself and others so differently, if at all um and if you are if you will honestly say that you treat yourself and others differently, I know that I want to hear your secret sauce, and I'm sure others do because that is a tough one. um so if you if your answer to number two is that I don't treat myself differently, please share your secret sauce with us. Um so I don't know if anyone will respond want to start with one or two or one and two together. They're also not numbered. So, you know, either of the dots, any of the dots in the top half or six of the top half for a couple minutes.
3: I can share. I don't know if there's a difference actually. Uh, It's not a similarity either, (laughs) but, uh, but I don't know that it's a difference. Um, When I am the person for a friend in that situation that you prompted us to think about, I very often also start off by listening, but then very often quickly go to, instead of asking, which I should do, that Karen so aptly taught us, uh, ask what they need, I immediately go to, let me try to fix it. (laughs) And, And immediately try to help the person find that apartment or get out of a situation that they're in that's a bad one or you know whatever it is I I immediately go to this seems like it's too much on your plate let me be the person who can who can fix that for you but when it's me um the and this is where it's like a similarity and a difference I very often go to friends but I don't want them to fix anything Um, I just (laughs) I just want them to 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 hear me out Um, and a lot of my friends and this is probably just this this is more therapy than I usually do but this but it probably just shows that this is why I choose these friends very often those friends are doing back to me what I would do for them Um, and and it becomes this kind of like cyclical experience but sometimes I have to preemptively say, I just need to vent to you about something. And like that, that's it. Put it in a box and, and move on. Uh, so again, I don't know that it's a difference, but I thought it was an interesting thing to notice about uh, myself through these prompts that you gave us. Yeah. I
1: want to, can I push on a little, little bit sure. or like,
3: doesn't mean I'll respond, but you can
1: push. That's fair. I want to push you to, to think a little bit differently to yeah. think out maybe outside of this box, this self-made box you've now made, you're talking, it sounds to me like you're talking specifically about like, I'm struggling with finding an apartment or I'm struggling with blah, blah, blah. But I want to push and ask the question through the lens. And this might've been on me for not making it clear, but through the lens of like, oh man, I stink at riding a bike I have no idea what your relationship is to bike riding I wanted to pick something like low level um I whatever that is and really about that feeling of that negative self-talk and like how does that compare to when a friend is having that negative self-talk like that's really what I want to zoom in on do you want me to respond or do you want me to think about that you can respond if you want
3: um, I don't want
1: to put you on the I spot because it... I did ask a slightly different question
3: that's okay um, I think it's similar. I think I don't allow myself to do the self-talk without talking to a friend. Like I'll say to a friend, I think that was a really terrible sermon and I'm feeling so bad and now I'm not a good rabbi and blah, 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 blah. And, and sometimes the friend will say back to me, no, it was so great. And I don't want, I don't want to hear that. I want them to tell me that I'm right and that it wasn't good, you know, whatever. So, so I actually don't think for better or for worse that I do a lot of that self-talk alone. I think I often do, I often, um, process what would otherwise be negative self-talk still with another person.
1: Awesome. That's the, that, that's Robert secret sauce with my shots. That's awesome. Uh. But, but happy to share <laughs> it if it helps. <laughs> yeah. I see you, Karen. Hold on though. Jennifer, were you trying to say, I couldn't tell if you were going for it or you just happened to be unmuted and made noise.
6: No, I just, I like it. I want to know everything, how the rabbi got to this point. Like, I am proud to admit I have the best uh, therapist in the entire world. And it's like, and you just sort of, for me, I just sort of, because, you know, I like, because I've had negative self-talk, but now she's helping me. And if you're just quiet and you just reflect versus always, talking because i like to talk and help and just observe it in and like the minute you start having negative self talk realize it's not real and it's just a thought and it's taken time like believe me and i'm trying to do that but it's a process i want to know how wow rabbi that's special i want to (laughs) know what you have that's so cool you don't really have that within yourself like you do with other people, like you share with other people, if I'm phrasing it right. I don't always phrase things. Yeah. Right. It's a beautiful thing you have. I want that, Great. but I'm learning.
3: Thank you. Yeah, I don't know how to explain it other than I think that, and again, this is it's probably work that I can be doing in therapy, but but I, I think that um, – I think I would, I'm scared to have that like negative self-talk alone. And so I often, I have really good friends um, and really good family. And good. Um, and so like my best friend is the person that I'll call up and say all these things to. And she could be doing laundry and not paying attention to me at all. But speaking <laughs> it into the phone right. is, is what helps me um, feel like at least someone else is listening and can can validate it.
6: I love that. And I also wonder, and, I, like, and I'm serious, because I don't really know that, my religion that much, because I didn't pay attention when I was little. And now I'm like, oh, my God, I want to learn. I want to know how to read better, et Because I just memorized my, like, my whatever, bat mitzvah, what I had to. And, like, I wonder if it's because you guys have, are religious, and you have the faith, and you, you believe in that. Like, you have stuff to read, and it's like a holy wonderful thing coming through you. I don't know how to describe it, but it's like God speaking to you and you're reading the words. And it's like, it gives you hope reading those words every single day. Cause you guys know this back and forth in your sleep. I wonder, I think that might be a secret.
3: That was beautiful. I don't know that I, I don't know that I feel that way, but about like my own, um, my own spirituality, but I think that'd be a beautiful thing for somebody to feel in terms of uh, turning to religion and turning to a relationship with spirituality to be the thing that brings you calm uh, during those times. Yeah. I think that's that's really, really beautiful. But we don't have to keep talking about yeah. yeah. okay.
1: it. I was going to say also, I, I, <laughs> I'm i going to take Denise and Karen and then I want to go on because I actually have a journaling activity that I hope will a little bit speak to that, some of the practical and some of the spiritual. And I'm hoping we will get to mesh the two a little bit at the end. Um, so Denise.
0: So when it's for another person, um, try to listen and I kind of try to just kind of connect them to good energy within themselves and, and help them feel good about something within themselves within their life. Not so much to distract from whatever's going on, but kind of like, to tap into that wellspring that's going to be empowering, that's going to make them feel like they can handle whatever it is. Um, but I try not to ask too many questions or go too deep because you just, you know, you don't always know what another person has going on or how prepared they are to articulate it even to themselves. And, you know, so I feel like that would be almost irresponsible even if I can see right through it, you know, is not my place to just bring that to light if they're not prepared for that. But for me, um, just because I know myself, um, what I found is that when I'm struggling with something, first of all, writing always helps. Like I almost can't even think if it's not on paper. Um, And then like within a few sentences, all of a sudden things start to make sense. And there's always, almost always, always some kind of false belief or assumption or old pain or somewhere that I'm filling in the blanks with my own stuff that has nothing to do with whatever is going on. So for me, I feel like it's very, very healing and often a great relief to dwell inside because it's almost never as bad as what I felt like it was in the first place. Um, And I would hope that that's true for most people, but I still feel like it's probably irresponsible to advise that to someone else just in case.
1: Yeah. I like what you said. I really, I want you to, I love, and I want you to hold on to where you said that you were thinking about, it happens to other people and it's not so bad. And there's this camaraderie and this, I want you to hold on to that for a minute. Cause it's going to come back out. You're going to, you hit, you hit, you hit, I couldn't have, I didn't plant anyone, but y'all are like hitting this on the nose. I love it. Karen.
2: Uh, uh-huh. I feel like this a lot. And so what I do is I'll say where what is this what where is this coming from? Why am I feeling oh yes it's probably connected to whatever happened when I was 3 or whatever. But then I also or I I'm, I'm a sloth. I sit here during covid and this is what I do. And then I'm down on myself. I'm not dusting, I'm not doing and whatever. And then I say to myself, okay, you have a day. Feel shitty. Okay, you have a day. And then you know yourself. You will write that chapter that you didn't write today for that book. So you will get to it. You know that. You have those. So it's kind of self-talk, cognitive behavior therapy, or remembering when you don't feel that way. And it's kind of a back and forth like that. Yeah, I love
1: it. Okay, I've got one more section for all of you. I've got a little bit of a, um, I think I called it a homework assignment. Surprise! Um, Moving through all. So I'm going back to school. I don't know about anyone else. I start back to school on Monday. Um, But I wanted to really, for me, I, I love learning text. I love teaching text. And also, I really love when we can, when I can take it and I can do something with it and I can make it come alive and do this action. So I wanted to create this activity for all of you to try, no pressure, uh, maybe a little bit of pressure. I think it'll be good for you. And you're also welcome to try it and be like, that was terrible and I hated it. I accept all sorts of feedback and would love to hear it. So... I've kind of got these two options of how I would stress doing this. Again, play with it, have fun with it. So either I would use this in Elul as like a daily or a weekly, like find a couple minutes at the end of your day to think through this, or at the end of your week, however you best process your life. Or as we move through Elul and you are doing your tshuva, use this in those opportunities, either in everyone or in some of the ones that feel a little bigger and bring out more of those, well, this feels crappy, sort of feelings. Uh, use it in those. So those are sort of the two the two ways you might want to use this. And I would actually really love to hear from people if you do this. I would love to hear back how this feels at the end. Um, so if you want to hit the slide for me. I don't remember. Okay, so there are four... Four steps for each each thing, and I can also link this or send it out somehow. I'm sure there's a technological way to do it. So for, you're going to use, it's four things, mindfulness, a sense of common humanity, shuva, and kindness to process the event in a more self-compassionate way. So starting with mindfulness. So this is about bringing awareness to the feelings that happened when you felt when you did something that you felt like you shouldn't have done or excuse me or the self judgment so first you're going to write about how you feel how you felt in that moment either during that day or or when that thing happened be it a month ago or six months ago um and then just try to write and just try to name it and whatever it is i would avoid using modifiers like well i was a little bit angry if you were angry say you were angry i was you don't have to say you were a little bit ashamed you can just be ashamed lean into those feelings and they're uncomfortable and that's what we're starting to do in this clash hanafesh is we are looking in these deep dark corner which feels big and scary i'm very here for that feeling big and scary and that's what we're doing. But we're, we're really like dusting out all, as I literally did today, dusting cobwebs out of the corners. Um, and you may even find some spiders with them, again, speaking from personal experience. But where are those places sitting? And really hold yourself and just write those things as statements of fact. So the next one is appealing to common humanity. Um, so ways that your experience is connected to the larger human experience So I'll go back, I realize, to sort of give an example. So for me, really something that I'm struggling with with myself is I'm really actually disappointed in myself that I did not pick up a musical instrument during COVID. Um, I really have wanted to learn to play for a long time, and I just didn't have it in me. So for me, the mindfulness of it is that I feel disappointed in myself, and I feel a lot disappointed, and that's what it is. So this common humanity is including acknowledging that being human is... Uh, being imperfect, we. We have a professor at Ziegler, uh, Rabbi Patricia Fenton, who always says life in a body. And that's what it is. This is the human experience to make mistakes and to be upset and to feel this. Um, And think about the various causes and conditions underlying the event. For me, I think about all of the musical instruments or other skills I've attempted to acquire in the past. And lots of people want to play musical instruments and then just give them up. And that happens. And that's part of, I think that's part of a lot of people's musical experience. A lot of people's life. I don't know how many other people have tried lots of assorted hobbies but my closet can tell you all of the things I have personally attempted uh, in this last year and in general life and so finding ways to connect whatever you did and however you're feeling to the larger human experience you're not alone you're all wonderfully special humans and also whatever you've done chances are someone else has done it too we're not none of us are that particularly we are all special and also we're not that special it's been done before. Someone else has made the same mistake. Next is Chuva. This is Elul after all. So what are you going to do, if anything, to do Shuva about this situation? Who are you apologizing to? Who are you being going to come to terms with? Who are you going to put at peace about this? The thing for me that's really important about Chuva is that we have to center the person who was hurt. So in some cases, like in my case, my very basic example, I'm the one who was hurt. How am I doing chuva with myself? Um, but in other cases, it's really about the person who's been hurt. And so we also, this is not permission to like do more harm to people because you have to do chuva. So I just want to name that. Um, so what are the ways that you're going to do chuva? Are you going to apologize to someone else? Are you, going to, are you going to take action? Is it going to be some sort of renumeration or some sort of giving of time or giving of heart or is it going to be picking up the pieces of what you've broken or doing better in the new year so really what's the plan for that what what will get you into that mode and last is self-kindness and that's what we're here for tonight there's lots of ways to do tshuva Rabbi Klickfeld is teaching about it all month. If you want to learn how to do that part of it, Rabbi Klickfeld is gonna teach you how to do it. But here's what we're for write yourself some kind, understanding words of comfort. This year was hard. There's your words if you need if you need them, I give you permission to take them. This year was hard. It's hard to be a human sometimes. Um, Look through what you've written. Really read through these previous three things and offer yourself kindness. Really, I would encourage you if you're writing any of this down, write this part down. It feels, for me at least, and I think for many of us, it feels so easy to be like, yeah, yeah, I don't need to hear that, but like write it down. Give yourself that kindness and write down the kind things. Don't let yourself off the hook, but be kind. And let yourself know that you care and you matter adopt a gentle and reassuring tone. I always, I think, of a, I think of a GPS when I think of gentle and reassuring. I think of when you've made a wrong turn. And I don't know if any of you have ever driven like in Dallas, Texas, but there's a spot in Dallas where there's like 10 highways and they're all different levels. And so the GPS can't actually quite tell where you are. It's very stressful. And I remember driving it and just totally ending up on the wrong... Like, I ended up going to Fort Worth instead of up to, like, the Dallas suburbs. It was a mess. But the GPS is just there calmly recalculating. Recalculating. And that's what I think of when I think of a reassuring tone, is, like, the GPS just recalculating and doing that. Um, Does anyone... I know I went through these kind of quickly. I will... I think I can just share... The link to the slideshow. I realize. Um, I know how technology works. Um, I, can I can share do, the slideshow I in the chat. That. I can do that while you keep going. Great. Right. Um, I think I just did it though. So, but oh. we're going to open it. But does anyone? I went through them kind of quickly. Now you have them written. Does anyone have any questions, thoughts, any ways that you think this would be like interesting to use? Any particular ways you're like, oh, I want to try it with this or that? Is there anything sparking for anyone?
6: I really like this. I think it was wonderful. I just printed out all the sheets so I can have this <laughs> it. It very cool.
1: Amazing. Wait, did, already you just printed all the slides that I just sent you.
6: Yeah. There was four plus the two earlier. There was like six total. Mm-hmm. That Is was the,
1: so quick. You are yeah. on it. <laughs> I want to remember. Amazing. you have to let me know how it goes. Let me, I want to know how you feel about it at the end.
6: I will. Are these weekly? You have these weekly? Because I I'm just started doing these.
1: So this particular class is part of a series, but they're not. It's part of like a collection. I don't know why I'm describing it. This is Rabbi Shatz's project. You're
2: doing a great job.
1: (laughs) It's part of a collection. Our overall theme is Elul and rebuilding our home. Um. So. Thursday night's theme is Emerging Voices. Rabbi Shatz taught last week. I'm teaching this week. One of the other residents is teaching next Thursday, but he's teaching on a different topic. Um, So there are other classes. They're just not necessarily about this. But Monday, here we go. One more. Mondays with Rabbi Dorf and Rabbi Shapiro are about mental health. I believe they're at 10 a.m.? Yes. Wow. I'll just, I'm going to quit my job and you can just, ask, you can do my job now. you are really good at reading emails in case anyone wanted to know. Really, really good at reading emails and holding things in my brain. Awesome. Glad we hired you.
6: <laughs> well, thank you. This has been wonderful. Yeah, no problem. Paula, you got something? Well,
4: thanks, Jackie. I really like this. I, I really like this. Don't let yourself off the hook. You know, like it is chuva and I like that it's that, but to be kind about it. So I think sometimes the I'm really good at not letting myself off the hook, but the adding that kindness piece is really um sort of what I needed to hear now. So I, I appreciate that.
1: I'm glad. I think For me, that's something I try to like bring into all of the work that I do before this, before medical school, I used to work with teenagers and it was like, how do I love them And also, how do I not let them get away with everything? Because it's so tempting sometimes. And sometimes it's really hard to love them. Like, teenagers are are fickle creatures. Um, And so holding those two, we've been talking a lot about duality and holding two two things simultaneously. And not letting yourself off the hook and being kind. Our attention and figuring out how to sit in them is a balance. And something that's, I think, particularly important in this season, in this year, Of all year well also last year but in this in this moment in humanity this are um these I think are particularly important dualities to hold
6: and give yourself I think self-compassion when you talk negatively that's what I tried to because I used to not be so kind but I'd be kind to other people but I wasn't so kind to myself but if you realize that you just give yourself compassion and treat yourself the way you want others to treat you that's what I'm learning it might help.
1: Yeah, I love that. Sort of that flipping, that flipping of the golden rule, like treat yeah. treat yourself how you treat others. I think for me, that's been really important is how do I, and that I think was really, tonight was really the focus of how do we love ourselves like we, we love others. This is a community of people who's great at loving each other. And how do we make sure we turn that inward for ourselves and give ourselves that gift and that kindness?
4: Yeah, Marlies. I like that it's, um, I mean, with the theme being self-kindness, it's a very gentle process because the whole idea of teshuva during a lul can be kind of daunting. So I, I like that it's, you're just kind of easing into it and being very gentle with ourselves.
3: Mm-hmm. I I really appreciate that um, you're kind of taking the angle of tshuva returning to yourself, uh, which is not usually the angle of tshuva that we take. We usually take the angle of tshuva someone did something bad to me so they should ask for forgiveness or I did something bad to someone else and so I should make sure that I go and, you know, say I'm sorry. Um, But very often we don't think about the fact that tshuva also should be done to ourselves and that we should be kind to ourselves and um, we should make sure that we are, when we're beating our own chests, right? Our rabbi said the reason you beat your chest is so that you feel it. Uh, even if it's being said in the plural, that you're actually feeling it on your heart, uh, because it's for you too. And I, I really love, though you didn't explicitly say this, I really love that you're taking the translation of tshuva to mean return as opposed to like a do over or, um, or even a response, right? That it's really, that, that this kind of tshuva is not just repentance, but also an inward, Uh, kind of cleansing of what it means to be you and to be okay with who you are and um, and settle into that which I I think is necessary and something that we all need
1: especially this year after doing high holidays
3: again during a pandemic
1: yeah for me that's it's interesting, like that you found that, in what I was talking about, like for me, that's always that's been since I've learned it in that way has been one of the most powerful things about True. Is how do I how do and that could be even its own. I could go on a whole other. I could probably talk for another hour about like how do we return to ourselves and who we are in our core. Like for me, that's it's always a recentering of I know that I've been I've been X Y or Z to myself or to others this year, and how do I come back to the human that I know that I am inside, and so. I think that's a really, really key key piece of this. Mm-hmm. So well, thank you all for being here for going on this adventure. Um I hopefully we'll see many of you virtually or in person in the coming weeks. And Jackie, wait, Karen.
3: Jackie and I are teaching together tomorrow, um at ten A nope. Eleven AM. A lot of times in my head, guys. Oh, 11 a.m. Rabbi Matt Shapiro is on vacation, so Jackie and I will be teaching our Parsha class, um, so feel free to join us. We will uh, one of the commentaries that I found for our class was one of the pieces that Jackie brought today for this class, so it'll be interesting to see if it comes up um, if it comes up there as well, and tomorrow morning, Rabbi Kligfeld is teaching his Hilchot Teshuvah class at 8.30 a.m., same link uh, as this one, and uh, and hope you will join for that. He's going through all the different steps of chuva before the high holidays. Karen, did you want to say something?
2: Yeah, um, of course. Uh, uh, I find that when I I don't like when I'm in when I'm connected to somebody, love them, blah blah blah, and there's a stone. In the middle. We've had bad words, we've done whatever it is, they hurt me, I hurt them. And I think it's very important when people want to speak of something like that, that it isn't to win the argument. It isn't to be the right one. Because that is absolutely not any kind of discussion. You just sit there saying, I'm waiting for my turn to tell you how bad So. I think that the purpose of saying sorry or whatever is really for me to connect and reconnect and get rid of the stone as opposed to, you know, you owe me or whatever. Anyway, so I think that's important when you're wanting to take care of something with somebody else.
1: Yeah, I really like that. I also like... My brain is at, what does that mean to remove that stone from yourself? Like, what are the parts of yourself that feel separated in this, in this way? What are the things, what are the parts of me that are not talking to each other? I really like that. That's going to sit with me for a while. Thank you for that. Thank you all really. If any of you end up trying this out over some period of time. I would love to hear about it. Come find me next time you see me. Probably not tomorrow morning, but um, hopefully I'll see lots of you around and I would love to hear about it. And I look forward to learning with you all again soon.
0: You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to write a review on the Apple podcast site or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Temple Betham Los Angeles, go to tbala.org.